Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Hour number two, Orange Nation, Polly, Steve, a new edition day. We're playing all new edition songs and uh, their incarnations after. This is Cool It Now from the mid-80s. Great this is, song. This is uh, just after them slowly turning into men. So much lead-up time, I, I kind of want the song to start. There we go. Now we can figure out what the hell the New York Knicks are doing. Well, let's let's do well, that. Hopefully. <laughs> let's do that. If anybody knows. Uh, we go to our guest line to bring on Steve Popper, Knicks writer for Newsday Sports. Uh, I, I guess that's where we have to start, Steve. I mean, was that the plan all along last night? Uh, to free up cap space, did they did they ever have the intention of picking at number eleven? What was the plan going into last night? If you know, uh, what I had heard coming in was was there were two sort of two plans: a plan and a backup plan. Um, the thought was veteran help right now. I, I think everybody knows they're a little bit on the clock here, um, so I, I think the thought was veteran point guard. But I but I think there really was a sincere uh, interest in Jaden Ivey. Uh, they made efforts to move up there uh, to number four and number five to try and try and uh, get in position for him. Um, but failing that, I, I think that was the thought then was that they, they didn't love anyone uh, left to the middle eleven, and uh, by clearing that spot out, moving that out to Oklahoma City for the three conditional first round picks, uh, they were able to. Um, Clear that salary cap space um, along with Kemba Walker's in the in the second deal they did, uh, and they've now created enough cap space to chase a free agent. Whether it's, you know Jalen Brunson is what we all assume it's going to be, um, and and uh, all I would say is for their sake they better not fail at pursuing almost somebody who basically is is you know a son of the franchise, um, because it could get ugly at the Garden if they fail there. And, and look, it may get ugly even if they get him because. You know, these are some strange moves uh, that I think you've seen here, kind of kind of making up for their own mistakes of last summer, paying extra prices to get rid of contracts. Um, it, it hasn't been a good year for them. You know, the picks they got also, it doesn't appear to me that they were very valuable. Is there, you know, unless the Bucks tank, the 2025 pick's not going to be great. And then, you know, overall, the Oklahoma City picks aren't, are protected in ways that kind of limit the value also. Yeah, the only one that's going to convey, I think, would be you would expect is the Denver pick, which they gave up in the in the trade to get rid of Kemba's contract. Um, you know, they gave up uh, Denver's, which is protected, I think, one to sixteen or one one to fourteen. Um, the other two picks, it's unlikely they'll convey next year. It's unlikely they'll convey the next year. Uh, so you're looking at like 2026, 2025, maybe. Um, you're hoping, or, or they eventually in 2026 turn into second round picks. Um, you know, it, it's salary cap maneuvering, which they're good at, and they've been doing with this this regime here. But you know, at, at some point, you know, as I wrote before the draft, you have to start turning these assets, these picks you're accumulating, and uh, you know, young pieces, you know, into actual players, and you know. I, I, this is where I, I, I sort of differ from them. If, if at number 11 you can't find a player as good as Jalen Brunson, you might want to restructure your scouting department because you should be able to. You know, Jalen is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a, you know, 
franchise-changing player for them. And to me, you know, you're going to pay $20, $25 million a year for him when you would have got somebody on a rookie contract and maybe develop him. I, I, I'm not sold on this plan, but this is what the plan is. I want to circle back to something you said a moment ago, Steve, about you know the Knicks were interested in Jaden Ivey and they tried to trade up to get him at number four. Um, it sounds like the Knicks weren't alone. Like A, a lot of people liked Jaden Ivey, and a lot of teams were trying to trade up to, to grab him, and yet the Kings stayed there at four, didn't trade out of it, and then didn't pick Jaden Ivey. Were you scratching your head at all with how the Kings handled the, the top of the draft last night? Yeah, it was, you know, look, it's very Kings-like. There's a Knicks-like and there's a Kings-like. And uh, the Kings, look, in their defense, teams were trying to please them, knowing that, they, that uh, Jade and Ivy didn't want to go there, wouldn't work out for them, didn't interview with them. Um, you know, and, and look, teams have taken guys before, you know, in that situation. You know, it's a draft and, and you control it. Um, but, but the better fit for them probably, you know, roster-wise is probably Keegan Murray. So I think I think uh, there was some interest in them and in, in just kind of swapping places with Detroit if they could have convinced Detroit that somebody was going to come up and take that take Ivy there. Um, but I think Detroit was content to take either one. They loved Ivy, and they, what I had heard, you know, in the draft was that they really loved Jalen Duran uh, from Memphis, and and I had even heard from somebody that if the Knicks could get in position to get Duran, uh, that they might be able to put a package together that would get them. Uh, up, up to the number five pick once Detroit took Ivy, but it, it wasn't the case. I, I, you know, they were holding holding tight on Ivy, uh, and they wound up. Look, I think Detroit is the biggest win, winner in the draft last night. They get the guy they, they that I think everybody thinks could be the best player in the draft in Ivy, and then they got uh, Jalen Duran, who was a real target of theirs. You know, the Bam out of bio type type player. Uh, they just seem to fit that roster now. They're a young team with a lot of talent right now. Uh, when you when you add in you know last year's Rookie of the Year, Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay, uh, that's, that's a pretty good you know nucleus to a team now. Um, the Kings, Kings on the other hand, you know they're still uh, piecing together. You know I, I think everybody likes likes Keegan Murray. Um, you know does he duplicate at all? You know what you get from Harrison Barnes and from. Uh, Demontis Sabonis, you know, maybe maybe a little bit. Um, so it's interesting to see what they, you know, I think there's still moves to be made out there by these teams. You look at the second round, Steve. Uh, the Knicks uh, pick up Trevor Keels out of Duke, and and those of us here in Syracuse, we you know we've obviously seen the Orange play against Trevor Keels. Uh, what do you make of that pick? What, what do you project Trevor Keels to be someday? Is he a starting guard in, in this league someday? Yeah, I'm going more on what I've heard from other people. You know, I saw him a couple times um, and saw up and down performances. Uh, I think a lot of people felt that he could have benefited from another year in school. So, you know, if that's the case, if they're going to take him and sort of minor league train him here, you know, on on the job training and, and hope that you know, down the road he's something for them. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to that. You know, people have said to me that, that he's kind of a first-round grade guy um, who you got in the second round. So, that you know, it's not a bad thing they I, I will say this for all the criticism the Knicks take. This regime has done a pretty good job of drafting late. You know, when you look at where, where they got quickly, Grimes, uh, McBride, Sims, you know, they, they've done a good job in the later later picks. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess it's the lottery picks of the, that you can debate with them, you know, giving up yesterday's and Obi Toppin over Tyrese Halliburton a couple years ago. Um, you know, I, I think the thought is that Keels. 
is a guy who can, you know, you know, is a muscular player who can score. Um, wasn't a great shooter this year, but people think he's got a, you know, a, a good shot that just, you know, it, it didn't go down for him last year. Um, so I, I think this thought that he can be an offensive player, that, that he's a strong defender, just not super quick. So I think, you know, finding his spot on the court will matter to, you know, what position he's going to eventually play here. Uh, the other news yesterday besides the draft was that Kyrie Irving released a team he would sign and trade with. Is there any way the Knicks would go after Kyrie Irving? You know, we, we haven't spoken to Leon about this, and uh, we haven't spoken to Leon about a lot of things. Uh, I, I'd have to think they'd be very hesitant, and, and it'd be very hard to make it work. Look, they, they can clear the space now. Now that they cleared the $18 million last night, um, you can attach picks and move uh, Nerland's Noel, Alec Burks uh, deal, and, and you kind of get in the range where you're in you're in sort of what Kyrie would probably take for starting salary. Um, you know, do they want to do that? Do they want to clear all that for him? I, I'm not sure that that's the, the first option for them. Um, you know, I think, for, and I think I thought all along this for Kyrie is more posturing to get the Nets to pay up, which they're hesitant to do. Um, you know, Kyrie is an exceptional talent who is also an ex- exceptional headache for every team he plays for. I think at the Garden, uh, they'd be hesitant to, to buy into that right now um, when they're trying to create some sort of culture here. Um, I, I just don't think think that that's, that's the option, that they'll go, they'll go down that path. Steve, what, what should Knicks fans feel, think, coming out of that draft last night? Should they feel as though... Next year is is definitely a rebuilding season. Is there hope for for this franchise next year? I'm talking to compete to potentially be a playoff team. What are you telling Knicks fans today? Well, I would say by the reaction that we got on Twitter last night in my mentions was they are not happy at all. And, and as I joked, if the Knicks have a have a plan, they better uh, leak it soon because the pitchforks and torches are coming out for this front office. Uh, but, but look, I, you know, I thought they were a good team two years ago. Um, I think that they'll be better. You know, no one thought that they were going to repeat everything they did, you know, that season. That was sort of, you know, a perfect, perfect storm for Julius Randle, uh, playing, you know, in a COVID, you know, year with no crowds, you know, uh, Tom Thibodeau had them very prepared every night where a lot of teams were, were, you know, hit by shutdowns. Everything worked in, in their favor that year. So, so I think we expected a dip last year. I think the biggest thing was losing Derrick Rose from almost the entire season was a huge loss for them. They just, you know, he, he makes everybody better around him. Uh, he's not a guy you're going to depend on to play 40 minutes a night or 30 minutes a night. But, you know, he, he stabilizes the second unit if that's where he is. Um, he finishes games. Um, you know, he, he, having him back healthy, if he's healthy, and look, that's always a question mark with him, I think makes him better already. Um, if he had Jalen Brunson, look, he, he's the kind of point guard they haven't had in a long time. He's a, you know, he's a, a very capable scorer. He, he runs pick and roll as well as probably anybody in the league right now. Um, if that's the system they're going to play play with him, you know, with, with, with Randall and you know, with, with R.J. Barrett, you know, who, who have dominated the ball in the past. I, I, I think you can make it work and be a much better team. Do I think they're going to be a contender, you know, challenging the Bucks, the, the Celtics, the Heat? No, I don't think I don't think they're anywhere near that, which is, a, again, why, I, to me, it's sort of a stopgap move, paying, paying him the money that you're going to pay him. 
and kind of you know tying your your hands again, and and you gave up a lottery pick here. You say that. Uh... Brunson would be the free agent, and it looks like that's the way they're going with free agency. Is New York still a uh, a destination that people want to come to? You say they're not a contender. Is it an easy sell to get people to the play for the New York Knicks right now? Well, you know, the thought around the league and the thought at the Garden is always is that it is, but it's never proven that way in free agency. They've, they've come up empty on almost every free agent chase they make uh, for a superstar. Uh, you know, remember, it was just a couple of years ago, they didn't get a sit-down even with, you know, Kyrie, with KD, with uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, all targets that, that they had in mind. They didn't even get sit-downs with these guys. So so I, I don't know that they're a great destination. Uh, this will be the ultimate test. If, if you can't get uh, a guy whose father's on the, you know, the assistant coach and your agent is the son of the team president and your former agent, and basically you've known the family since birth. Um, if you can't get him, <laughs> I'd say that your recruiting tools are, are need to be revamped too. Last one for you, Steve. I guess as we get you out of here, um, anything else from the draft last night, Knicks or otherwise, that surprised you, that you were intrigued by, that stood out to you? Any, anything else you want to touch on? Well, I thought it was interesting, like right at the top, that you know that Orlando opted for Banchero, and, and you know, look, I think he could be the very best player of those three. Um, and, and probably will be the best immediately. Uh, but it's interesting that they didn't work him out, you know, so so you think, you know, all the due diligence you're going to do with the number one pick, you would certainly think that you'd bring him in in, in that situation. Uh, they didn't and still made that pick. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit risky and it's a little surprising. Um as I said earlier, I think Detroit is a big winner. I think coming out of this with Ivy and Durant is, is a huge win for them, and they really didn't give anything up. They, you know, they cleared the you know Grant out and used that pick that they got for him to to turn around and, and make this deal work. Um, and they'll just buy out Kemba Walker. I, you know, I think they come out of this as a promising young team, and Troy Troy Weaver, I think, is rightly so going to take bows for for what they they accomplished last night. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, Troy Weaver, of course, uh, ties to to Syracuse. A lot of people know him here as the guy who brought Carmelo Anthony uh, to town and and won a national title for the Orange. Uh, Great stuff, Steve. Great insight. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the weekend, and hopefully we can talk Knicks basketball with you down the road. You got it. All right, there he is, uh, Steve Popper uh, from Newsday. And actually, as, as Steve gets off the air with us, I just came across this on social media, Leon Rose, Knicks president, releasing a statement. He said if if they had a plan, it would be nice to put it out there. Leon Rose, just within the last few minutes, releasing a statement uh, that says, quote, last night we made three trades involving draft picks, which resulted in increased financial flexibility and additional draft capital moving forward. We now have a total of 22 picks, 11 in the first round, 11 in the second round over the next seven years. We have the ability to be active in free agency as well as in the trade market. Our focus will remain to be strategic and thoughtful in our team building, doing it the right way while feeding off of the momentum from the end of the last season and prioritizing our player development program. Then he says, thank you for your support. Uh, Leon Rose, Knicks president. So, uh, Are you buying it? I think he felt like he had to release a statement <laughs> given the backlash. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's all about the... I mean, you should know this as a, as a Sixers fan, right? The it's, it's the process, right? So... Um, I don't know. I'm not really buying it. You know, if this were a buy or sell segment, I'd say I'm, how, how I'm not shocked, buying what I saw last night. How shocked are you that I asked more than 
three questions. I was shocked. I was shocked. Um, And I do want to get back to something he talked about there with with Bancaro going number one overall. And maybe we can get our gambling expert in here, uh, Jordan, on the other side. And maybe we can even ask uh, John Ryan about this at 1.30. I'm intrigued from a gambling perspective how that whole thing played out last night. We'll talk about that next on ESPN Radio. I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one this is in the chemistry lab. You're I just, on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. One more show this week. Oh, thank God. Stephen Fonte, Polly Sebelia with you. I know where this show's going already. Care to share? I'll do it after you go Set through the, the rundown because you think the show's going to go through this rundown the way it is, and then I'll tell you it's not. It's not. Okay. Well, we do have Mike McAllister. Okay, yeah, that'll stay the same. On the lineup. He'll join us at 1230. We've got Steve Popper. Nick's writer for Newsday Sports. He'll join us at 1 o'clock. Yeah, what the hell? That's my first question. Yeah, yeah. what was that? What the hell what, are what's you the doing? Plan? <laughs> what, what's the plan? What's the plan? John Ryan, professional sports better at one thirty to preview the weekend. Plus, we'll take your phone calls at 315-437-7644. So share what's going to happen today, Paulie. Well, you left the biggest story out, Steve. I mean, Buddy Beheim and Cole Swider signed, uh, signed with teams last night. Yes, they did. And... I know why. Just going to save everybody their calls right now. Buddy Beheim's a Detroit Piston two-way contract because Rob Murphy and Troy Weaver were there. And that's the <laughs> only reason. And hold on, I'm not done. Cole Swider is with the Lakers because Wes Johnson is in charge of their talent. It's the only reason they got contracts. And I'm, and I'm sticking to it. And I owe you lunch. You do. If this is a reoccurring theme on the show. Oh, th- West Johnson's with the Clippers. Sorry, I, I think I've I think I've gotten four in a row, four lunches in a row. Yeah, I owe you lunch. He did not get drafted. Didn't take long though for him and Cole both to find a landing spot. I mean, the the draft ended what right around it was after midnight, was it not? I don't know. We went on after the first round. Draft after, draft ended sometime after midnight, and then right after that, both Cole and Buddy well, that's had their landing spot. No, I know, I know. Um, and and this isn't just like a summer league invite. Like these are, you know, each team has two two way contracts, and one of those two was used on Buddy by the Pistons. One of those two was used on Cole for the Lakers. I mean, I saw it on Twitter last night, and it made me want to jump through the screen. There, these teams are trying to win. They don't just hand them out willy nilly. So, do you remember? Just bear with me for a second. Do you remember when Greg Paulus got a tryout with the Saints? Yes. Okay. So that felt like Sean Payton, Doug Marone, like, hey, I'm going to do my friend a favor. I'm going to let Paulus try out. This is not the same thing, right? This is not that. Because if this were that, this would it would just be, you know, eh, you can come join us yeah, for they, the summer league. They, they wouldn't be signing him to two way contracts, right? And they probably only would have invited him to to try out, right? This is not that. So yes. this is not a charity case. This is not. You know, oh, we know, buddy, let's, you know, let's, no. The fact that just 
there's a group of people that just can't be happy for the kid or any of the Bayheims. Right? Yeah. I'm I, happy for both Cole and Buddy. It's and interesting I was wrong because about the bet, and I owe you lunch. And CBW brings up a good point. Maybe it's just because I want to spend more time with you, Steve. <laughs> I want to have lunches with you. Well, unfortunately, the show is during lunch, but next time we take a day off, let's let's do it. You can pay. CBW asking if the two-way contracts are guaranteed. I, I think you're guaranteed money because you're either going to end up on the G League squad or right. the, uh, the the big team. So the two-way rosters, from what, what I understand, you, are, you play a majority of your time in the G League. You are allowed up to 45 days on the NBA roster. Your contract is then prorated if you spend... 15 days in the NBA opposed to seven, you get more money, obviously. Uh, if you are on that NBA roster for longer than 45 days, they've, they've got to sign you to an NBA deal. So there is some job security with this in that they want you – I mean, they, they're not wasting a two-way deal on somebody they don't think has the potential. They, they, clearly, they think Cole – you know, the Lakers think Cole, the Pistons think Buddy. Clearly, they think they are borderline NBA guys that they want to bring in, they want to get a look at, they want them to develop in the G League with the hopes that maybe they can make the NBA roster and and help them one day. Every player wants to get drafted. But this is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. I said it yesterday. I stand by it. I do think, yes, everybody wants to get drafted. I'm sure that they're disappointed. Buddy in particular, probably disappointed he didn't get drafted. But it, it there is benefit to, if you're a borderline guy, there is benefit to not being drafted so that you can pick your spot. And I think in both cases, we we knew the Lakers were interested in Cole. Cole did a interview with our sister station in Rhode Island on the TV side of things the day before the draft. He mentioned more than a dozen teams he had worked out with. He specifically name-checked the Lakers. He said he had worked out for them multiple times. He knew the Lakers were interested, and sure enough, like, he goes to a team that very much wanted him. Same thing with the Pistons. you know. And, and we'll hear from Rob Murphy. I know he was on with Gomez and Tanisha this morning. Um, and I, you know, I, I know he discussed what the organization, it wasn't just about Rob. It wasn't just about Troy Weaver. The organization as a whole really liked buddy. And both these guys are going to places where they obviously feel as though they can work their way into an NBA roster spot. They have an opportunity. That's all you can ask if you're in their situation is to have an opportunity. They both will have that. And this is more than just any old summer league invite. This is, you're going to be a part of this organization in the G league. You're, you're, you're going to be in the G League. Can you prove your worth? You know, Can you one day earn an NBA roster spot? That's up to them, but they have the opportunity, and I think that's all they can ask for at this point. Right. They, uh, they just got rid of another Syracuse guy right prior to the draft, Jeremy Grant. That's right. Traded they, him they, away. They uh, sent him away, but you know, they, they got Ivy right last night also and Cade Cunningham, so they're, they're Man, pretty, Ivy they're, just fell in their laps. Yes, so they're kind of... They're kind of good, but young. Yeah, at that position, you know. And why couldn't Buddy come in and spell Ivy for a couple minutes at the two? Yeah, and again, we we see examples of of his kind of player in the NBA, and there is a roster spot for those guys. Again, if he can prove that he can do more than shoot at the next level, can he shoot? You know, again, the big question. You know, we had John Fanton yesterday. And he saw him play at the at the G League Combine in Chicago, and his biggest question mark, and I think it's obvious, the biggest question mark is can he defend? Is he athletic enough to to hold his own on that end of the floor in the NBA? Because we know on the other end of the floor, you know, you said it yesterday. Why can't he just sit in the corner and you know 
be an outlet and pop threes when he when he's open. You know, be be that safety valve. He can do that. Danny Green did it for my favorite team. Yeah, right. Just sat there. Al Horford does it. Yeah. You know, right? I mean, there's so many guys in the league, but he's got to be able to defend. He can't yeah, be a liability be to, on yes. the other end of the floor. And and I think that remains to be seen. And he'll get the opportunity to show that he's not. And if he is, he's not going to make an NBA roster. Right. You know, But maybe he does surprise some people. So, again, I, I think from a Buddy perspective and a Cole perspective, I'm sure that they're disappointed. Buddy in particular, he didn't get drafted. But I think they both landed in good spots with teams that genuinely wanted them to think they have a chance to one day earn a spot, or they wouldn't have gotten a two, two-way contract. He's going to be a member of the Motor City Cruise. And that's that's an interesting thing. And again, we're going to hear from Rob Murphy um, today, who was on with Gomez at Tanisha, but their G League team... Is is right there with the NBA team. Like the, they will, they will be keeping close tabs on the G League team and seeing Buddy on a regular I'm basis. I'm looking for familiar names uh, on that roster that we may have. Braxton Key from Virginia is on there. Isaiah Stewart's on the the NBA roster. Two of them played together AAU ball. Isaiah and Buddy. Cassius Stanley and uh, that's about it. That's their roster. Well, that's good. You don't want them to be yeah. too loaded, right? <laughs> Not a lot to look at on the cruise, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I didn't think I was that's breaking a good down thing. The, didn't think I was breaking down the Motor City cruise. That is a good thing, if you're Buddy Bayham. You don't want a lot of star power on that team. Brad Key is on a two-way contract also. There you go. So, again, it's up to them now to go out there and show what they can do. The only reason he's on the contract is because Virginia played against Syracuse. So Troy, <laughs> Troy and Rob saw them play. You want to get to the Rob sound bites now? Could we? Sure. Do you? Uh, there was uh, he, Rob let off with basically it wasn't just him and Troy. There were multiple people in the organization that liked. But we saw as the draft was starting to end that that it may not happen. We just made sure we were in close contact with his agent see what his options were, see what his thinking was. And we were happy that uh, and we were able to get him to be part of our program. Myself, you know, obviously Troy Weaver being there and, and working for Coach Beheim and having the huge success of winning the national championship there. And then, uh, you know, Coach Casey had, had been, you know, knowing the family for years as well. And he had watched Buddy all season. And he's our head coach. So anytime you get, uh, you know, three people in the organization along with our scouting department, who, who thought really highly of, of Buddy, uh, it made the, the choice pretty much uh, a, a slam dunk because everybody was on board with it at the time when we were making that decision. Right, and we said this yesterday, he's not going to hurt you. Right. You're getting a good kid who can shoot the rock. And I was just going to say that. like The fact that you know his family has ties to Rob Murphy and Troy Weaver, that doesn't hurt you either, right? That, right. I mean, that's... The, the fact that they know him, they're familiar with him, they know what kind of kid he is, they know what kind of player he is, all of that, that that helps his case. It didn't just help his case with the Pistons. I'm sure it helped his case across the board. But ultimately, it comes down to basketball. And can he help you on the court? And they clearly believe that he can. And he's going to get an opportunity in the G League. I, I don't know if this turns into an NBA deal or not, but I, I think it's a good situation. I do. Let me ask you something, the, an honest question that you can give me here, Steve. Do you think Cole Swider helped himself by coming to Syracuse this year? Do you think he would have played as much at Nova 
or if he had been on that team that made it to the Final Four, it would have been better for him even if he was playing less? Well, he said he's gonna, he wasn't going to play more. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. he came here to play more. Yeah. I think he came here to showcase his abilities. Um, Had it, he been on a Final Four team and played sparingly, do you think it would have... Sparingly? Is he, again, like sparingly, 18, 20 I, minutes? I don't... I, I, it's hard to say how, how big of a piece he would have been. Um, I feel like coming here and being one of the main guys, and I think some of the games that he had, especially the late in the year, North Carolina the North Carolina game. game in particular, I think that... that Open some eyes. He wouldn't have done that with Villanova. He wouldn't right. have gotten the opportunity to do that with Villanova. And and I do think that it 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 truly felt like a mutual parting of ways with Villanova. Like you know, Jay Wright had positive things to say about Cole. Cole had positive things to say about Villanova. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And it was you know kind of th- that old saying about a change. But of to scenery act like can, he would not have gotten time there is crazy too. Like um, you know, you're not going to sit somebody that could shoot like that. The whole time. You think he would have? Let me let me pull up his uh, his. Uh, he played pretty good. I uh, want to say he played. He played 16 Kadari, to eighteen minutes. He played Kadari minutes. <laughs> yeah, just like, I, I just want to know what we're talking here. Um, let's see, Villanova, his third year. Like he, no play, he played. He played eighteen and a half minutes as a sophomore and a junior. His second and third year, and he played eighteen and a half. That minutes. Nova team was not deep, and it showed in the Final Four. Because, you know, someone got hurt and they had no one, you know? He was averaging, so so here's the thing. He was averaging four and a half shot attempts per game Ooh. at Villanova. The year before, that was his last year at Nova. The year before, he averaged uh, just over five shot attempts per game. He came to Syracuse, he averaged 11. So he doubled his shot volume. He essentially doubled his time. He yeah. was getting about 18, a min- 18 minutes a game at Nova, got 34 and a half minutes at Syracuse. I, my gut tells me, even though Nova was a much better team and yeah. you know and, and was on a national spotlight, my gut says that he did more for himself okay. by going to Syracuse, playing twice as many minutes, getting twice as many shots, being a bigger piece to the puzzle than he would have likely been with Illinois. Again, if he was going to be a big piece of the puzzle, he would have stayed. I think right. he knew. I think he knew right. it wasn't going to be a big piece of the puzzle. Right. I'm just curious if you, you know, a guy... It's an who, interesting question. A guy who it could... Is. Maybe come in, get eighteen minutes for a team that made the Final Four. You know, it, it's, it's it is an interesting question because um, we, you know, and he was playing great down the stretch. We saw we saw it with Malachi Richardson. You play good at the tournament, yeah, right. You're gone, right? It, it, it we saw it with Buddy. It could have potentially Buddy could have gotten drafted if he had left after yeah. the, the tournament run he had. Yeah, it's right. I mean, it, there, there's no doubt about that. I think most. You know, draft experts would agree that his yeah. stock was probably a little bit higher last year than it was this year. And Rob uh, also compared Buddy's situation to Cole's in L.A. When you get a two-way deal, it's about the opportunity of coming to a situation uh, where you can continue, uh, you know, to grow. And I'm not, I mean, I don't know the situation with the Lakers, but I know we have a special situation uh, with our two-way guys, with our G League affiliate team being right here in Detroit. Um, but I think Cole uh, made a really good choice. I mean, he was another guy that's kind of under the radar uh, that wants the opportunity to, to play in the NBA. And, and him, like Buddy, um, has a really nice three-point shot. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor some. Uh, and I think his game will continue to grow as well. So he has a bright future. Let me ask you another question on a similar line. Had this team won more games, do you think their stock would be different? Potentially, yeah. If this team had made a tournament. 
Potentially, yeah. Because if they won more games and they made the tournament, it would have been because of them. Right. right. And, and, but and their numbers was, are kind of jarring yeah, alone. You yeah. Know? yeah. We were talking about this in the office last night. When When's the last time the ACC's leading scorer did not get drafted? Like, you know, right. if, if he was in the draft. It, it's, yeah, I mean, Buddy's numbers jump off the page. We saw Cole with some some big games this year. I, I think, I think yes. I, you know, if they were, if they would have been a tournament team and they would have, let's say they would have gone to the Sweet 16, you know, win two games, lose a game. I think absolutely that their stock would have been higher because it would have been because of them. Just like the year before, it was because of Buddy. So, yeah, I don't think Cole regrets his decision to come. Oh, here I was at just all. saying regrets. I'm just saying, do you think it could have potentially gone different as a as a role player on a Final Four team? Hard to say because he's really still is. the same shooter, right? <laughs> he could have gone and worked out for these teams. Yeah, but I think we, I think. Scouts, I think everyone saw more of Cole than they would have if he was at Villanova. All right, Steve. It's New Edition Day. Is it? Yeah, we got Bell Biv DeVoe new edi- and members of uh, New Edition and New Edition Song. When we come back from the break, do you want me to go in chronological order or order of greatness of songs? Well, yesterday you, you made me wait for my favorite until the very end. Um, but you have no way of knowing what my favorite is uh, with, uh, I with think Bell everybody. Bivdavo. I think everybody in our generation's favorite either Bell Bivdavo or New Edition song is If It Isn't Love. I could be wrong. I, yeah, that's, I, yeah. So you want, you want to well, do I'll that? I'll save one. that for last. Do uh, that one last. All right. Okay. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, and, and up until then, you, you come up with the rotation. All right. And then... Uh, we're also going to talk uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I, I kind of I've already broken down the matchup. Have you? <laughs> yes. All right, we'll I was like that. looking at Joe Lenardi's brackets and everything. Lenardi's game is a six seed. Yeah, I, I looked, come on. I you're it kill, you're oh, killing my. Sorry, I looked killing it up my, as well. I did show prep for. So months. did I. <laughs> We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Mr. Telephone Man leads off New Edition Day and members of New Edition Day. I was actually singing this song in the office today, Steve. Horribly and loudly because uh, we got new telephones. Oh, really? Very fitting. How about that? Was this their first song or Candy Girl? I, you're the music guy. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, close enough. It was a long time ago. It doesn't fit our show because it's soft. There's a lot of, uh, as you would say, uh, love songs. Yeah. Baby making music, as I would say. Yeah, we uh, we actually had a, a telephone issue with Channel 9 yesterday. Did you have to call Pro- Mr. Problem. Telephone they, Man? They came. They, they Yes. I mean, I didn't make the call, but yeah. Did you dial your baby's number and get a <laughs> click every time, Steve? Back in the day when you used to have to call a house. Oh, and ask the parents yeah. to talk to the girl. Worst. Uh, hello, Mr. Smith. May I speak to your daughter? Who's this? Click. Yeah, right. Oh. Is this Polly? Or no if thanks. you got called after, if She's you had to busy. call late. Yeah. Yeah. It was a whole, just the whole fact of answering the phone and not knowing who it is. Yeah, right. Does anybody answer their phone anymore? Do you answer your phone? My cell phone? Yeah, unless like, like if I don't know if the, the number? name isn't 
on there? Do you answer? I don't answer it when I even see the name. I don't want to talk to people anymore. It's 2020. Yes, I answer the phone when I know who it is. I, I Probably half the time I answer it when I don't know who it is. Oh, no. I already know my car warranty's out. Well, if that's the case, then just it's a quick click and you hang up. Yeah, I don't opposed wanna... to listening to your phone. I also went through many years of my life seconds. owing people money. So I'm still kind of gun shy on answering because I don't want to have to sit there and hear how broke I am and in debt. But that doesn't happen anymore. I'm a, an adult now. That's good. Now you're a two-time award winner. Yes. All right. So the ACC Big Ten Challenge schedule is out. Oh, my goodness. Syracuse. Did, aren't they supposed to, like, why don't they just go first place, first place, second place, second place, third place, third place? They try to come up with intriguing matchups. Um, is this intriguing? Syracuse versus the Fighting Illini? Well, there or? are some intriguing matchups. Um, North Carolina, Indiana, I think, tops the That's list. That's fun. Yep. Ohio State, Duke, another big one. That's a good one. Um, so, yeah, Syracuse has Illinois. They're going to be on the road Tuesday, November 29th. I was looking at some uh, way too early yeah. ESPN polls, and uh, they had the Fighting Illini in at number 25 because of what they've done in the transfer portal. Yeah. Syracuse was not on that list. Good prep by you. Yeah, so that means it's a more difficult game for Syracuse than it would be for the Fighting Illini, Steve, because uh, the Illini are ranked in and the Orange are not. In the fake poll. Yes, and Syracuse also not on Joe Lenardi's bracket. Fake bracket. Yes, <laughs> but the Illini are a six seed, also proving it would be a tougher game for Syracuse than the Illini. And it's in Champaign, yes, Illinois. but it also means would it would tougher. be a good quadrant win for Syracuse what, if they is? could go there and pull it off. So there are benefits to this game. Yeah, that is great analysis. It would be a quad one opportunity. I yes. think we can I think we're pretty confident that that game will be a quad one opportunity. Yes. Yeah. So it gives them a golden opportunity as a young team to come out and win a game against a team they'll be a dogs to. Yeah, and that's that's early. I mean, that that event is, you know, right after Thanksgiving, uh still the first month of the season. And again with the with so many new faces and so many new freshmen, you know, let's. It'll be interesting to see how quickly uh, they can gel together. And uh, CBW and Jordan even put this on the thing: Is this a repeat of the football team not good enough to play this level of competition? I said this a million times. Jim Beheim basketball teams, whether they're ranked or not, who's on the squad, can beat anybody. And I feel that way about the basketball. They can roll in to the number twenty-five team and beat them. I I'm glad that Syracuse is playing up in basketball because. It gives them an opportunity to uh, catch a catch a quad one win early, and I wouldn't be shocked by it. None of you should be shocked by it if they rolled in there and won. No matter who's on the roster. Thank you. Couple uh, of the other matchups, you know, we mentioned Carolina, Indiana, Ohio State, Duke, uh, Virginia at Michigan is one of the the other marquee matchups. Uh, Michigan State at Notre Dame, Purdue, Florida State. And again, Syracuse and Illinois. I mean, I think that's a that's a good match. It's an attractive matchup. Yeah, that's a pretty long drive for me. So that adds what they've got: Temple, Richmond, potentially in the in the preseason tournament. Lehigh, Colgate, Bryant. Yeah, the games that Oakland, have officially been announced um, in Georgetown. Yep, Georgetown, in, in Illinois, Oakland, Bryant, Colgate, Cornell, obviously on the schedule as well. It's not exactly as daunting as last year's. No. No, but I mean they'll be tested. 
And um, yeah, but you also you you, you want to be tested. You get that Lehigh Colgate game in beforehand. You know. Yeah. Get a little prep rolling in to face the way too early twenty fifth ranked six seeded fighting Illini. The game right before uh, the Illinois game will be the Bryant game, I assume. I mean, obviously the schedule isn't officially done yet, but the Bryant game has been scheduled for November 26th, so they're, they're not putting one between the two. Um, the Illinois game's on November 29th. So, uh, yeah, it uh, they'll, they'll get a chance to tune up with Bryant. That, that was a pretty good team. Charles Pride, uh, team that went to the NCAA tournament for the first time, and, uh, and that'll be their tune-up game as they get ready for Illinois. Yep, it'll... Uh... It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, Steve. You ever, you ever been to that? That's no, that's what they, I don't think they've played Illinois since. I was gonna say, but you've never been out they, there. So I mean, you've been doing this a long time. I, yes, I would imagine that's a that's a pretty cool environment. To, I've to be, been to uh, Champagne for a football game because they played when. Uh, yeah, you're right. Greg Robinson was a coach, but I've not been for basketball. Seems like on TV anyway. Seems like a nice college basketball environment. And I will tell you this. I don't know why it sticks in my head, but that 1989 game against Illinois is probably one of, yeah. even though Cuse is, uh, even though Cuse lost. Both of those teams were loaded. Yeah, that was, it's still one of the best games I've ever seen. Coleman, yeah, it was Coleman, Owens, Cycli, Kendall Gill, Kendall Marcus Gill on Liberty, yep. Ty, uh, the, the, Nick Anderson. Yeah. Wasn't Kenny Battle on that team? Too? Uh, yeah, you're right, Kenny Battle. That was an awesome game. So maybe we could get a repeat of that this time with a with a Cuse win. There was it was basically two NBA teams playing yeah, right. in that game. <laughs> right, yeah, that's right. It was. Um, all right. I tell you what, we got to take a timeout here. It's twelve thirty. We've got Mike McAllister, publisher of AllSyracuse.com. We'll uh, talk to him about Buddy and Cole. We can get his thoughts on this Illinois matchup and so much more. Uh, come on back. Uh, we're uh, it's a Friday edition. It's our last show of the week. Thank God. Oh, you ain't kidding. I don't know. I got to do something this week. I took the dog out a lot on vacation. Like, we went to a different park every day and walked. And I kind of liked it. I might do it. I might head back to Green Lakes. It's a good walk. Now, Indy's got high expectations heading into the weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a good walk. It's very shady, even though it's hot out at, at Green Lakes. All right. Uh, we'll- I give it t- a 10 out of 10. I, and I don't work for the, the parks department. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time out here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.